TuneIn is the audio platform with something for everyone. News. In order to secure convictions in a court of law, it is essential that we conclusively. Sports. That clock at four. Donchich. The step back three. You bet. Music. You set my world on fire. And even podcasts. Whatever you love, hear it right here. On TuneIn, go to TuneIn.com or download the TuneIn app to start listening. Welcome to the Lifestyles Unlimited Real Estate Investor Radio Show, a real estate investment program. Listen and learn how to use real estate to build wealth and passive income streams for you and your family. We bring you experts every day to discuss and answer your questions on everything from single-family homes all the way up to 600-plus unit apartment complexes. And now, the Lifestyles Unlimited Real Estate Investor Radio Show. Hello and welcome to the show. This is Andy Webb with Lifestyles Unlimited, and as always, we're working on your financial freedom. Hey, if you are new to the show, let me tell you that our focus on this program and at Lifestyles Unlimited is to show you the path to financial freedom. And we create that financial freedom by building passive income through income-producing real estate. And, and, of course, I'm talking specifically about rental real estate, meaning single-family homes, or I should say residential rental real estate, meaning single-family homes and apartments. So you may ask, well, why rental real estate? Well, unlike the stock market in real estate, we make our money five ways with our real estate investments. You know, first of all, there's the monthly cash flow. That's what, what we live off of. Um, there's the equity that we capture when we buy right. There's the equity buildup as our tenants pay down our mortgage every month. Of course, there are tons of tax advantages. The, the tax code, in fact, is, is very favorable to landlords. And market appreciation, you know, real estate doubles in value every, every 20 years, roughly. Uh, of course, if we're talking, I'm talking about single family, if we're talking about apartments, we can add a sixth way, another way, which is forced appreciation rather than just market appreciation. And forced appreciation is that added value that we create by essentially improving the business model of a, of a given apartment complex when we take it over. So again, real estate is, it's a very, very powerful tool to, to build wealth and create cash flow and create your, your financial freedom. But if you are getting started, if you're just starting out, if, if you're thinking about diving in, you know, you might be thinking, pondering, well, hey, where do I go to learn? Where do I go to become educated, right, as a real estate investor in residential real estate? And I'll tell you, just, just like anything else, and, and these are observations that I've made over the years as an investor myself. My wife and I, we buy single-family houses. And just like anything else in life, when, when you want to learn something new, right, there, there are a couple of different approaches that I see people take. You know, people tend to go one of three routes, right? Number one, they just jump in and they just start doing their own thing with little or no research or knowledge or education. You know, these, these are the folks that literally go out there and reinvent the wheel. That's number one. Alternatively, number two, you've got folks that wisely seek to learn from others. But, you know, unfortunately, in a lot of cases, people will turn to friends or family or others that have tried real estate and failed. You know, those folks will say, hey, learn from my mistakes. And yes, you, you can learn a thing or two from someone else's mistakes, but it's ultimately not the most effective way to learn. Why? Well, ask yourself the question, where did these folks wind up with real estate? They, they ultimately failed. And if they show you the path, guess where you're likely to wind up? 
So finally, number three, you've got the folks that also seek out knowledge from other people, seek out someone else, but they seek out those folks that are successful in this space and they learn from success. And, and I'll tell you, learning from a successful individual or, or group is always going to trump trying to learn from a failure. The latter person failed, like we said. Why are they even relevant? And again, that, I mean, that could be your, your Uncle Bob. He's concerned about you. He dabbled in, in real estate or your, your friend Susie that, you know, she got married. And when they combined houses, they decided to rent out her house, maybe on a whim, just to give it a try. And, and typically they've had a bad experience and, and they're happy to broadcast it. But again, is that somebody that you want to learn from? Or you may be alternatively, you may be going online and doing some reading. I'll tell you, there's a lot of information online, of course. And just like your Uncle Bob or your friend Susie, these folks are more than happy to share. In fact, it's probably cathartic for them to put words to paper or to whatever the digital equivalent of that is. And, and that's what I really want to take a look at today. I want to tell you that, you know, if you're getting started, if you're reading a lot of stuff and, and you know, articles, gathering information online, I want you to take a moment or two as you read a new article or a new, new source of content and think about the source. How did they do in the end? Ultimately, where did they wind up with their investing? Were they a success or were they a failure? And I've got an article that I want to work <clears throat> through with you today. And it was written by somebody that did not succeed in rental real estate. Now, I don't want you to take this as your cue to exit stage left. Let's just not even get started. Uh, quite the contrary. I want you to understand that there are people that are doing this well and that are successes in this. And I don't want to, you know, I don't mean to belittle the author in any way, of course. I'm just using this as a guideline to help you understand that there's a lot of information out there and you need to think twice about it. So I do want to take a look at what she says. And I want to take a few of the statements apart and talk about what the successful investor does by comparison, what the Lifestyles Unlimited investor does. That is synonymous with successful investor, in fact. And I'll tell you that these things that we do as investors at Lifestyles Unlimited, these are uh, things, these are processes, uh, approaches to investing that are tried and true. You know, Lifestyles Unlimited has been around for almost 30 years. In fact, we're coming up on our 30th year this year as an organization. So. We're, we have a lot of time behind us, a lot of experience under our belt, thousands upon thousands, literally thousands of successful investors contribute to the knowledge base of the organization. So I, I can really think of no better way, no better place to go to, to learn to become a successful real estate investor, okay? No better place to go and find and, and follow success. So we're going to jump into that article here in just a moment. I do want to give you the number here in the studio. If you've got questions today uh, or want to chime in with your experience, let me know. The number here is 855-497-4335. Again, 855-497-4335. Alternatively, send me an email to askandy at luinc.com. Again, that is askandy at luinc.com. And let's look at what the author. So first of all, the title of this article, Six Things I Wish I'd Known Before Becoming a Landlord. Six Things I Wish I'd Known. All things I guess this, this person learned from, right? The subtitle, I'm going to go ahead and read this to you. Uh, don't, be, don't, don't let it scare you away. She says, my smart idea to make $400 a month as a landlord ended up costing me instead. 
So we're going to take a look at what uh, what the author did. Now, this appeared in Business Insider. Uh, this is an online journal uh, website. It appeared earlier this week. Um, author's name is Ashley Abramson. And when we continue, I'm going to tell you a little bit about her experience, and we're going to kind of walk through a couple of her points, and I'm going to make my counterpoints and let you understand, help you understand what we do as successful investors when we continue with the Lifestyles Unlimited Real Estate Investor Radio Show. This is Andy Webb, and I'll be right back. TuneIn is the audio platform with something for everyone. News. In order to secure convictions in a court of law, it is essential that we conclusively. Sports. The clock at four. Donchich. The step back three. You bet. Music. You set my world on fire. And even podcasts. Whatever you love, hear it right here on TuneIn. Go to TuneIn.com or download the TuneIn app to start listening. After investing billions to light up our network, T-Mobile is America's largest 5G network. Plus, right now, you can switch, keep your phone, and we'll pay it off up to $800. See how you can save on every plan versus Verizon and AT&T at T-Mobile.com slash across America. Up to four lines via virtual prepaid card. Allow 15 days. Qualifying unlocked device credit service ported 90 plus days with device and eligible carrier and timely redemption required. Card has no cash access and expires in six months. Talk 13.7, the right choice. We're back with the Lifestyles Unlimited Real Estate Investor Radio Show. We're here to answer your questions and help you become financially free. Welcome back to the show. This is Andy Webb, and today, in fact, we are working on your financial freedom by taking a look at uh, some of the different paths you can get when you're, or you can follow when you're trying to learn something new. And in this case, we're talking, of course, about uh, rental real estate. And you can do the old school way of uh, reinvent the wheel. Now, real estate's been a rental real estate as an investment uh, platform has been around for hundreds and hundreds of years. So I don't know why you would go that route and, and try to discover everything on your own. People do it all the time. I'll tell you, when I'm out and about, I meet people who tend to get in conversations about uh, real estate. I tend to direct the conversations in that direction because I want to I wanna let them know what I do. And um, ultimately, I'll, I'll find folks that are just uh, kind of blindly going down that path. A lot, of, a lot of people do that. And that's just a simple fact of life. That's one route. Or you can learn from others. And in that case, there are two different routes, <laughs> sub paths, I guess you can follow. You can Try to learn from other people's failures, or you can try to learn from other people's successes. And that latter uh, route is is far better, far better to to go. And I'll tell you, if if you are interested in learning from success, we've got a wonderful, wonderful opportunity coming up at the end of February, 27th, 28th, and 29th. We've got the Wealth and Passive Income Expo uh, going on down in Houston. And it's a great event, and it's 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 got a, a number of, of angles, a number of facets to it, I suppose, uh, there's a big audience, big auditorium presentations where you'll, you'll hear from very, very successful people. You'll come away inspired. You'll come away with ideas, um, really wanting to hit, you know, chomping at the bit to get going. And, and then after that, you're going to get into, you'll have a, a number of breakout sessions, basically, where you can really target your education to what is it you're interested in, single family, multifamily, uh, other topics. There, there are a lot of a lot of opportunities there. My wife and I will both go, and what we'll do is divide and conquer. We'll say, "All right, I want to. I'm going to go focus on this this particular 
uh, path of courses, and you go take care of those, and we'll, we'll reconnect afterwards, of course. So, um, And I do want to tell you, if you go to wealthandpassiveincomeexpo.com, uh, put in the promo code EXPO50, and that'll knock 50 bucks off of the entrance, so it'll be just 47 bucks to get in. If you're in Houston and you're listening right now, we're just down the road. We're in your neck of the woods. I don't know why you wouldn't come out. I'm up in Dallas-Fort Worth. I'll be making the drive. And last year, I met folks that flew in from California, flew in from Colorado, Alaska. I mean, people are coming from across the country because this is the largest in-person event, a gathering of, of real estate investors. So come on down and, and learn from success. And what we're doing today is just taking a look at a, one of the many, many articles. There are lots of them out there online um, that, oh, I don't know. Um, expound on their experiences that in the long run were actually uh, took them took them down the wrong path uh, the path towards failure in this case and yes you can learn from other people's mistakes but like I said you're, you're far better learning from other people's successes why make those mistakes in the first place but I'm just gonna look at this article this is by Ashley Abramson and Abramson uh, published on Business Insider and I'll tell you, I mean, she essentially, just from what I'm reading here, reading between the lines, I think she started out by reinventing the wheel, it sounds like. You know, she says that when they became landlords, they expected to make $400 a month above their mortgage payment. That's pretty good. That's pretty good. I would take that all day long. Um, but that they ended up losing money. Their tenants uh, were often late on rent, and that meant they couldn't pay their mortgages, got hit with fees, and so on and so forth. And she says, looking back, she wishes she'd done a few things differently. So let's just look a little bit at the background here. Now, what they were doing is renting out their personal home. Um, they had had a child. This was uh, about, oh, it looks like six years ago or so ago. Uh, had a child, decided that uh, she would be a stay-at-home mom, which I, I commend that. Um, but that made the budget a little tighter, so they thought, okay, well, let's get out of this house. Let's get into something a little more affordable, an apartment. Let's rent the house. Okay, great idea. So it seems that rents in that area, houses in that area, were going for about 1600 That's where she arrived at the $400 per month. Um, but again, as she says here, unfortunately, our quote-unquote smart idea ended up costing us money in the long run. And I don't think it's that the idea was not smart. I think the execution probably was not done ideally and, and there's a picture of her house here it's a real nice looking house i think this was i believe this was up this is up north somewhere in minnesota i want to say um looks like a two-story house uh got got the siding um looks very well manicured uh, maybe this is before they rented it out i'm, I'm not sure but but again nice looking property uh we're able to rent it for 1600 the piti I'm, I'm reading when she says mortgage i'm, I'm reading that 1200 is principal interest taxes and insurance typically when people talk about a mortgage they're lumping that escrow in there as well um so nice looking house we, we've got a little bit about the background but again reading between the lines here it doesn't you know it sounds like she followed the first path to learning number one which is doing it yourself and, and reinventing the wheel and i'll tell you experience can be a great teacher but but why learn the hard way you know, when there is an alternative and, and a clear path to success. Like I said, with Lifestyles Unlimited, 30 years of experience, thousands of members. I mean, the, the path is there. Um, now, looking at the picture, house looks great on the outside. I don't know anything about the condition of the inside, and that can be a big factor. Whether it's a house you've just bought and you're fixing it up, or it's your own house that you're moving out of and you want to rent up, um, taking the, the, the proper steps at the front, right, we talk about best product best price as our model here at lifestyles unlimited i don't know if she had the best product it sounds like she must have if she's getting that 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 uh, going rate there in the neighborhood but um that's kind of a variable here and and i'm going to jump here i want to jump to the punchline. and this is one of the last sentences in this article i'm just going to quote her she says since selling the house we have mutually decided renting out a place isn't exactly up our alley so again i want you to remember this i want you to remember this as you 
peruse the internet and as you talk with your friends and your family and, and always ask yourself what is what, who is the source and is this somebody that you should be learning from okay so let's look let's look at her six six things that she wished she had known before becoming a landlord number one do a thorough background check and she says you know when they when they moved out of their house they they weren't really in the position to afford paying the mortgage as well as their their apartment rent okay so they kind of put themselves in a bit of a, a tight situation there which maybe was not the best idea and she references that a little bit later as well but ultimately she says that rather than waiting for the best most reliable rental renters we settled on the first applicants well we've talked about that on the show before don't rush you know don't don't rush this part of the process because you are signing up for you know typically a year a 12-month lease let's say maybe longer maybe shorter but uh, you are signing on with somebody that's going to be with you for a while so you you want to take your time you want to conduct your due diligence just as you would if you're buying a new property you're going to do your due diligence and obviously at lifestyles unlimited we talk about this a lot um, you want to do your due diligence on the front side with with your future tenants as as well and I was looking online, you know, for the members at Lifestyles, there is a, a single-family document library out there. It's got any number of documents around due diligence, evaluating a, a property, you know, in order to buy, uh, all sorts of process documents. And then there's a pre-leasing section that, that has, for example, sample uh, resident criteria. Uh, I call that tenant screening criteria, basically. Applicant uh, screening criteria might be another term for that. And basically... That's a document that you're going to present to anybody as you go through your lease-up process that says, hey, applicant, this is what I'm looking for, all of these things, all of these things could disqualify you. Please acknowledge that. Please read through this. And, hey, sign at the bottom prior to giving me your application fee, 45 bucks, 50 60 whatever it is that you charge per, you know, per applicant. And that gives them, that kind of sets the playing field already for them and tells them, first of all, hey, you're professional. You're not just winging it, right? You're following a process that lets them know that you are informed and, and educated and lets them, again, know, know the rules of the game. So we'll continue talking about the background check and talking about the other five items that she wished she'd known when we continue with the Lifestyles Unlimited Real Estate Investor Radio Show here in just a moment. This is Andy Webb. We'll be right back with you. Austin's Talk, 1370. Welcome back to the Lifestyles Unlimited Real Estate Investor Radio Show. Now, let's get back to your map to financial freedom. To the show. This is Andy Webb, and today we're talking about places to go to learn, to, to learn something new. And we said at the start of the show, you know, you can do it yourself, kind of reinvent the wheel, figure it all out. A lot of people go that route, or you can learn from others. And if you get online nowadays, there's a lot of information out there, a lot of articles on real estate investing, whatever it is you're trying to learn, you can probably find it there. I don't care what it is. Um, but you always have to ask yourself, who is the source? And ultimately, where did they wind up with what they are conveying to me? And we're looking at an article by a, a young woman um, that tried to rent her house. She did rent it out, but ultimately, uh, long story short, kind of failed at it, right? Got out from under it, wound, wound up selling it. And, and she says at the end of the article, since selling the house, we have mutually, she and her husband mutually decided that renting out a place 
isn't exactly up our alley. So I ask you, is this somebody that you want to take advice from? You know, clearly she, I think she went route number one, reinvented the wheel, tried to figure it all out without doing proper due diligence, and now she's reflecting back. And some of this information may be helpful, but but ultimately your your best bet is to go the third path, which is to follow success to get to where you want to go rather than following you know, following failure. So we're just looking at some of the, the tidbits, some of the, the points that she's making. And the first one, the she says, six things I wish I'd known before becoming a landlord, actually, is the title of the article. And number one, do a thorough background check. And, and, I, and I have to agree with this, absolutely. That is fundamental. And we talk about this a lot at Lifestyles Unlimited. I have had very few problems because we have had a, a strong education on the front end uh, thanks to Lifestyles Unlimited, there's a, there are a lot of sundry documents available, for example, the tenant screening criteria that you might use prior to screening an applicant to set the baseline, right? There are webinars around doing the lease-up process and so on. Um, and, and we stress, for example, you know, you always want, want to run a full background check. You're checking the credit, you're checking that criminal history, you're checking that rental history. Are there any evictions on the record, for example? You do your due diligence on the front side and you'll be fine. You know, somewhere in here she says, well, they seemed like kind people. <laughs> and I'll tell you, if you find yourself thinking in these terms about an applicant, it may very well be time for you to step out of that lease-up process. If you're getting any bit emotional about it, um, hand it off. There's nothing wrong with working with a leasing agent. We used one for years. We did our first few ourselves and we, just to get the experience, right? We wanted to learn the process. Then we handed it off to an agent for years. Um, I've picked up the ball again uh, recently, but if you find yourself being too emotional about it, just hand the torch to somebody else, okay? You, you don't need to be involved. So number one, do a thorough background check. Uh, number two, she says, make sure you're not relying on, on the income. Um, and, I, you know, she says renting out a home can be a bit of a catch-22, right? It can bring in extra money, but it's not smart if you need the money. You know, what we're talking about here is somebody that has a single house in her portfolio. And we've talked on earlier shows about cash flow chunking, right? One house is not going to get you to the finish line, but that money that's coming in may offset part of your, part of your living expenses, your bills, and so on. Um, but it's not going to get you fully to financial freedom. Ultimately, though, what she's talking about is, is they didn't have any reserves in place. So when their tenants were late, they didn't have the money to foot the mortgage. And I'll tell you, the model that we follow at Lifestyles Unlimited, um, we use other people's money, okay? That helps us go a lot farther in our investing. But because we use other people's money, they're going to dictate the terms to a degree, right? If we're talking about the 30-year Fannie Mae or Freddie Mac financing, they're going to tell us what we've got to have in reserves. Look, I'm fine with having those reserve accounts. It's just smart business. Okay, we've never had any of the issues that she's talking about with being late on her own mortgage because the tenants had, had not paid rent. You put some reserves into place, you'll be just fine. Again, these are things that we talk about at Lifestyles Unlimited. And I'll also tell you, it, it, and it, sometimes it may seem a little bit counterintuitive, um, and the lenders certainly don't take share my point of view, but I will tell you that the more houses that you accumulate, the less risk you have. You've grown that, that cash flow that's coming in the door. So if you do have that, that occasional incident, I'm just going to pull out of that cash flow, cover that mortgage, no problem. If I have a vacancy that takes a little longer, no problem. We're covered. If I have an AC that goes out or something like that, you know, I've got my, my capital reserves that I set aside, and you should do the same. Um, but I've also got that income coming in the door from multiple properties. That'll cover that replacement. It may... I hate it. I don't want to do it, but but you know what? It, it covers it, and uh, we just move on. So again, it's a little bit counterintuitive. In this situation, this is one person with one house, 
And you've got to start somewhere. I acknowledge that. But sometimes that's a little bit more of a difficult situation than managing, say, 20 properties. Again, sounds counterintuitive. Um, but uh, when you build that portfolio up, it, it actually becomes easier. Number three, she says, be prepared for awkward conversations. And, and I'll just tell you here, if you're self-managing, this is where this is going to come into play. You know, and you need to know ahead of time, spend some time, some quality time with yourself and with your spouse and, and talk about that. What is your personality? Are you going to be able to to deal with other people? Because it is a people business if you are self-managing. Um, and if you think that's going to be a problem, we have alternative routes to go. You can still be a landlord. That's not a problem. Um, above all, though, I would tell you have a solid lease in place that lays out the ground rules right? Those awkward conversations go away. It's no longer my opinion versus yours. It's written down right here in the contract that you and I signed back on April 1st of last year or whatever it was. So you have that solid lease in place. That's going to lay out the ground rules. You're not the good guy or the bad guy. It's that lease. Okay. So you lay out that proper groundwork up front and that, that even starts at the application process. Okay. During the conversations you have, if you're doing the lease up, with that tenant's uh, screening criteria that we talked about, that applicant screening criteria, you can really lay the groundwork then. You can kind of suss out what kind of person that is on the other side as well. Um, and she talks about here being, you know, the need to be confrontational. You know, you don't have to be confrontational. You just follow the lease. You follow your contract, okay? Um, also interesting, she says, you know, on top of the physical labor that comes with repair and maintenance issues, there's that emotional labor, labor of having these hard conversations. Again, we'll, we'll fall, fall back on the lease for that, but physical labor. So it sounds like she and her husband uh, were going out there and doing whatever repairs they needed. Now, you can do that. You know, if you want to go out and do that, if you're handy, okay, fine. We discourage it. You know, you're, you're far better served hiring the work out. That's going to give you your time back. That's going to give you your freedom back. You're going to go out and find have more time to find more more investments, to, to spend time with your family, to travel, and so on. So if you're doing that now, get out of the habit of it, okay? You know, we're talking here about passive income. And if you're out there swinging a hammer or, or unclogging a toilet, that's not passive, okay? And if you think about this and spend time with successful investors that have built their model right, you can build your model right from the start and don't even build this into your model. Okay, just get out of it from the get-go. All right. Number four, and I, you know, okay, don't rent out your place if you plan to sell anytime soon. So I'm just not even sure what to say with this other than a big fat duh. Look, if you think you're going to be selling in the next couple of months, I don't even know why you would go down that route. So it seems like they rented their house and then realized that the, uh, the market was high uh, up where they are, and I think this was Minnesota, and decided to sell. Well, darn, darn it, we got a tenant in place now. Look, if you plan to sell, don't don't rent out your house, first of all. Now, if you're thinking a little longer term, maybe you're thinking about selling in a year or so, and you do have a tenant in place, one of her laments here is that it was complicated to show the house with people in place. It can be. It can be. Here I fall back to my lease. By the way, we did a show uh, at the start of December, a two-part show across two weekends, uh, all about the lease. And we talk about this piece in particular, being able to show the house. Your lease should include uh, language that dictates, towards the end of the lease, last 30 days, 45, 60, whatever it is, dictates the terms of you owner or you property manager or you landlord being able to show the house, whether it's to release it or to sell it. So again, if you do plan to sell and there is a tenant in place, you're going to have that language in there if you're building this correctly. Um, and I, I, I would add to that, if if the tenants, the occupants don't keep the house well, you know, we can't 
we can't teach everybody to vacuum and, and scrub the countertops and whatnot. If they don't keep it well, you just need to plan to wait until they are out, make whatever repairs you need to do, dress up the place before you list it. If they do keep it well, again, your lease should have a clause in there that um, addresses showing the property. And again, we did a show. Go to lifestylesunlimited.com, click on the radio tab, and you can uh, find the shows. Uh, they're all archived out there uh, in the books. And again, if you are planning to sell in the near term, don't rent your property. I think it's as simple as that. Hey, when we continue with the Lifestyles Unlimited Real Estate Investor Radio Show, I've got just two more of her points left. Uh, she talks about uh, the lease and an attorney, and she talks about uh, what she calls a rental management company, what I typically call a property manager. We'll talk about those, and then I've got a couple of my own points reading between the lines, and I want to talk about renting your own house when we continue with the show. This is Andy Webb. And Learn apartment investing on the Multifamily Masters Tour with Dell Wamsley and Lifestyles Unlimited Houston, Texas, February 28th. Ride along with the country's top team of apartment investing professionals. Tour four apartment communities with owners and operators alongside their mentors and educators. Go to MultifamilyMastersTour.com. Seating is very limited, so go to MultifamilyMastersTour.com now. Experience award-winning multifamily strategies in action. Get the insider secrets to triple-digit returns. Learn the six ways you can make multifamily millions, too. Ask your questions in an open Q&A session with Dell's top team including operations consultants, mentors, and award-winning members. Get your seat on the bus at MultifamilyMastersTour.com. Due to the nature of the event, seating is very limited. Your Masters Tour ticket includes Expo Pass, a $97 value. Make it a weekend. February 27th, 28th, and 29th in Houston. MultifamilyMastersTour.com. Austin's Talk 1370. Listening to the Lifestyles Unlimited Real Estate Investor Radio Show will change your life. We will teach you how to create wealth and passive income so you can be financially free. And now, back to your host. Welcome back to the show. This is Andy Webb, and today we're working on your financial freedom by taking a look at somebody that did it the wrong way. And, and I tell you about this because I want you to understand there's a lot of information out there in the world these days, thanks to the internet, it's a great resource, but you do always have to ask yourself, you know, along the lines of fake news, right? That's all we hear about nowadays. You gotta ask yourself, what is the source? And is this even somebody I should be listening to? And she makes some valid points in this article that we're looking at. It's the six things I wish I'd known before becoming a landlord. And my bigger point to you is that, you know, we're, we're, we're seeing what somebody did here. We're seeing what their failures were, gathering a little bit of knowledge from there. But I will tell you 100%, you're far, far better served to follow somebody that has done it successfully because you're going to get to where they got, which is success. You know, if you read the punchline here at the end of the uh, end of the article, she figures out that, well, they were not they were not meant to be landlords. So I'm just not real sure I want to take advice from somebody that uh, didn't do their own due diligence before getting into the this position in the first place and ultimately, you know, failed, failed out of it, you know, much success to her down the line, of course, in every of her other endeavors. But as a landlord, that apparently just did not take. So uh, number five, uh, point number five that she makes here is go over your lease with an attorney. And apparently they just took a, you know, a boilerplate lease uh, off of the internet somewhere. There, there again is that internet when they did their, uh, their lease up. Um, sounds like she didn't really understand it and certainly didn't have anybody vet that lease. And if you're going to do that, if you're going to take your your, your uh, lease from somewhere online or maybe somebody that you know, 
um, that's not as informed, definitely get together with your real estate attorney and have them vet that, have them check um, to make sure there are no holes in there. We, you, we want you to be fully protected. You can write your own if you want to do that. But again, make sure your attorney uh, puts a good eye over that. Now, if you are working with a leasing agent, a realtor, uh, realtor, uh, say here in the state of Texas where I sit, you know, you're going to be safe with the uh, Texas Association of Realtors lease. That thing's been vetted a hundred times, thousand times and onward. Uh, you'll be perfectly fine. Or you can join a group like, say, here in Dallas, uh, Fort Worth, where I sit, we've got the Apartment Association of Greater Dallas. On this side of the, the airport, on the other side, we got the Apartment Association of Tarrant County. We've got the Houston Apartment Association down there uh, for if you're in Harris County or, the, say, the San Antonio Apartment Association. All of them are going to have access to the uh, uh, the lease that the Texas Apartment Association uh, promulgates, and that's a very thorough lease. And again, same thing here. You, you know you've got a, a known quantity that, you know, I don't know how many people, thousands upon thousands of people would be using in professional businesses at that, you know, multifamily apartment complexes will use that TAA lease. Um, so you know what you've got there is very, very solid. So, but if you do go that route, if you do decide you'll want to write up your own lease because, hey, I don't know how many pages is it? 16 pages on the TAR lease is just too darn much. You want to shorten it, get it vetted, have somebody, have an attorney, a real estate attorney look over that for you. And then the final point she makes, let me just flip the page here. There's a big blank page there for some reason. Involve a rental management company, she calls it. I, I call that a property manager. And, you know, she puts it quite succinctly. You know, looking back, she and her husband just were not prepared uh, for the responsibility of being landlords. And again, I said this earlier in the show, know, know thyself, okay? It, it, you need to know your personality. If, if, if you think that uh, managing a tenant, managing the, the payments coming in, managing the, you know, the occasional maintenance, if you have to deal with that, um, if you think that's going to overwhelm you, go ahead and hand it off. You know, go ahead and hand it off to a property manager. There's nothing wrong with that. Um, you know, I talk to folks at Lifestyles all the time. I'm always asking them, do you self-manage or, you know, do you have a property manager in place? And if so, who? And I ask that question because my wife and I self-manage. But I'll tell you, ultimately, if you are targeting passive income, then, yeah, putting, putting a property manager into place is, is going to get you there. Um, that's, going to, that's going to take you to that next level of, of, of passiveness, I guess I would say. Uh, can you self-manage? Sure. Sure. Like I said, my wife and I do exactly that. I enjoy it. You know, I enjoy it. Um, we've been doing it for about eight years now, and it's taken some time. I've developed a thicker skin. I will, I will admit that. Um, but it's but it's taken some time to put proper processes in place. We've leveraged the the lifestyles uh, environment tremendously because they've got those things. You know, we talk with the mentors all the time, uh, get their feedback where where we need it, and and leverage them. And like I said earlier, just talk to the other investors to see what they're doing. You know, these are all things that we've gotten you know at, at Lifestyles Unlimited over over the years, and that helps us with our success. So yeah, you can self manage for sure. Um, but um, again, it takes knowing yourself and and putting good. Uh, good processes into place. Now you might ask, so okay, property manager, that's not going to be free of charge. No, it won't be. Uh, what does a property manager cost? Now it's going to depend where you are. If you're listening here in Texas, um, you know, I've always operated, you know, anytime we buy a house, I want to know what if I hand this off down the line to a property manager. So I'll look at the cash flow with and without a property manager and I'll probably budget on the high side, 8%, 10%, you know, depending on the, the number of houses that you have that you're handing off or maybe it's small multifamily. Um, that's going to impact your cost. You can, it's negotiable. It is absolutely negotiable. Um, so it's going to depend on your portfolio, where it is, the spread. You know, if, if you're outside of Texas, I've talked to people in other markets um, where the rates may be higher or the rates may be lower. Okay, so it, it will vary uh, considerably market to market. 
Um, but again, there you can leverage your your investor network, especially at a, as a Lifestyles Unlimited member, and talk to the other folks, see what they're doing, see what they're paying. Um, I went to the multifamily road trip actually just uh, the other day here in the Dallas Fort Worth offices, and you know the one of the vendors that presented at the start of the show that that was a property manager. They do multifamily. They also they also have an arm that does single family. So right there, I found another resource. They were new to me. I think they've been around for a while, just not on my radar personally. But another another opportunity that vendor there. And there's a, a whole slew of other vendors available. We've got our, our Lifestyles Unlimited uh, internet portal where you can go and check out the vendor hub if that's something you're looking for. So property management, perfectly fine. That'll get you to that next level of, of being passive. And, and again, know, know thyself. And if that's something you need to do to keep this model going for you, then do it. Do it. No problem. And finally, I, I want to kind of read between the lines a little bit here in this article. Those were the six items that she had. And again, they, they wound up getting out of the game and, you know, doing it themselves, trying to, trying to reinvent the wheel and, and, and quite frankly, just didn't do it successfully. Um, all the things that we've talked about here so far are things that we do do successfully at Lifestyles Unlimited. And again, I just want to stress the importance of knowing where you're getting your information, knowing where you're, you know, who put that article together. Is it even relevant to you? Did they succeed or did they fail? Now, I do want to read a little bit between the lines here because what was this author, Ashley, what was she doing? She was renting her personal house. And that, that gets a little bit trickier, I would, I would say, um, when it comes to your, your own house that maybe you've been living in for years. And there are a couple of variables that play into that, and I want to talk about those here. So first question I would ask myself is, does it even make sense? I've gotten a few calls on this in the past and a few emails, and my big question there would be, will it cash flow? When you bought it, you bought under different premises. Um, you weren't applying the lifestyles model, you know, financial model to that necessarily. So you're going to need, going to, need to step back and look at your, your, your monthly mortgage, PITI, right? Principal interest, taxes and insurance. That's your fixed costs each month. And look at the rents you can get in the area. Is it going to cash flow? If not, well, hey, it, it doesn't make sense to do it, okay? Um, and also ask yourself, is the house properly repaired? Again, reading between the lines here. Uh, in this article we just reviewed, um, it sounds like they had some maintenance issues, and 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 I'll tell you, it is infinitely better to make repairs upfront before a tenant is in place, both from a, a, a cost point of view, because our vendors prefer working on vacant houses; they don't have to move your your junk right to put down that new flooring. They don't have to move it back into place when they're done. They don't have to schedule around you, right? It's just infinitely easier, and in, in terms of cost, therefore, and 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 just the effort around the planning. You know, take take my house for example. We've we've been in here for a number of years. Uh, we bought right, and it will absolutely make a great rental down the line if we want to lease it up. Uh, rental rates in the area are up. Um, we bought at a good time. Our, our mortgage is low, so we'll clear a good cash flow. But I've got some work I'm going to need to do. Right, I've got a toddler. Dude just turned three. Caught him in his bedroom. Milk upside down, just pouring it all across the car. But I've got an old dog. He's damaging stuff left and right as well. So we'll need to go in and we'll need to make, you know, the necessary repairs prior to trying to lease it out, flooring, you know, touch up the paint, that sort of thing. So you need to look, ask yourself, is it going to cash flow? And what do I need to do to get it ready? Do I have the funds to do that? And then a big question, a really big question is your emotional attachment, you know? Are you going to be able to handle having somebody else in that house? I've talked to a number of people that that was their big, their big brick wall. That's the one that wound up um, causing the biggest problems for them. So it may be better just to sell and then reinvest those funds. And on that note, I do want to throw out there, if you are in your own house and you decide to rent it out, keep in mind, 
um, that you do have a huge benefit as an owner-occupant in terms of capital gains taxes. If, if, if you own the house and you sell the house, you can exclude up to $250,000 in capital gains from taxes if you're single, 500000 if you're married. And you have to have been in that house for two of the last five years. So keep that in mind. If you move out and decide to rent it out, you've got kind of a ticking clock there. You may want to consider selling, you know, before you come up against that wall and save yourself uh, the taxes that can be significant. So back to our question at the start, you know, where do you go to get started? Well, you can reinvent the wheel. You can reinvent the wheel. You can learn from others' mistakes, right? Our article here with Ashley. But again, the punchline in that article was that she said, since selling that house, we've decided renting out a place isn't exactly up our alley. And I want you to remember this as you peruse the internet and as you talk to your friends and your family, is this somebody that you should be learning from? Or alternatively, learn from success. Learn from success. And you'll find that at Lifestyles Unlimited. We talked about the expo, the Wealth and Passive Income Expo, coming up at the end of February down in Houston. Go to lifestylesunlimited.com, click on the expo tab to learn more. Or click on our free workshop button if you'd like to check out one of those. We have any number coming up in the balance of January and on for the rest of the year. You've been listening to the Lifestyles Unlimited Real Estate Investor Radio Show. This is Andy Webb. And remember, it's not the money, it's the lifestyle. Thank you for listening to the Lifestyles Unlimited Real Estate Investor Radio Show. Ready for more of the map? Visit lifestylesunlimited.com. Explore our videos and articles. Click on the radio tab to access past show podcasts. View the radio show schedule and listen to our best of radio shows. Want to continue the conversation? Follow Lifestyles Unlimited on Facebook today. Join us next time. And until then, remember, it's not the money, it's the lifestyle. Information and opinions you hear on the Lifestyles Unlimited Real Estate Investor Radio Show are those of the hosts, guests, and callers and do not necessarily reflect the opinions of this station, its affiliates, its management, or advertisers. The Lifestyles Unlimited Real Estate Investor Radio Show is for entertainment purposes only. Please consult a professional regarding your personal investment needs. Nothing presented on the Lifestyles Unlimited Real Estate Investor Radio Show constitutes an endorsement recommendation, offer, or solicitation to buy or sell any product or security. Tune in is the audio platform with something for everyone. News. In order to secure convictions in a court of law, it is essential that we conclusively. Sports. Back clock at four. Donchich. The step back three. You bet. Music. You set my world on fire. And even podcasts. Whatever you love, hear it right here on TuneIn. Go to TuneIn.com or download the TuneIn app to start listening.